The time is 6.27pm. And welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow till we die. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sandspring. seconds of panic there when I had the volume turned down on the intro music and thought it all gone horribly wrong. Uh, uh, I, I thought you were very brave. You went deep into the 27th minute there. I thought he's, he's, he's gonna, it's going to be an 1828 disaster. But no, here we are. Another week in politics. They say a week is a long time in politics. How's your week been, chum? Uh, not too bad. Um, getting more into the routine. Um, you know, the, the traffic for work is, is, is terrible. You know, the yeah, yeah, no, it is the funny old thing, isn't it? You're yeah. Strolling out of your bedroom in your pants three minutes before it's time to get to work and debating whether you're going to put a pair of shorts on or not. Yeah, it's uh, it is the heady routine of the home worker. Yeah, to be fair, I I have different standards to that, and I've and I've been getting into the habit of actually going for a, a twenty minute walk before I start work, and then another one at lunchtime, um, and another one in the afternoon. So it kind of gets the, it stops the. All of the blood in the bottom of my legs coagulating um, oh, and giving me another blood clot. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. No, don't do that. That's bad. No, I don't want that. No, I don't no, recommend well it. Don't do that, kids. It's not no. fun. It's not, not big. Fun. It's not clever. No, it, it's not. Um, and... Done that myself. Yes. How was your week? Yeah. No. No. A week of being both big and clever. Yeah. No. It's. Uh, you did. It's, well, yeah. It's been all right. I think. Yeah. No. Lots of. Uh, lots of dashing around at work. It's one of those things where, congratulations, you've got the job. Oh, can you just take a look at this? You're like, hey, hang about. I haven't got rid of the old one yet. So um, that's <laughs> no, all getting, getting a bit exciting. So uh, yeah. No, there's a bit of that. A bit of ticking the days off till we can go back to the gym. So. Uh, not that I'm counting, but it's uh, it's eleven. Um, so, <laughs> but not, but you're not counting. So, uh, yeah, we are. For the second green light, like on, boom, straight back on it. Well, it's um, the plan. The old one, yeah. But so, um, well, time, we, as they say. Yeah. Well, we well we hope it depends. Um, <laughs> sorry, I've just seen the comment from uh, from Lynn in the chat saying a walk before work. Sod that. Um, so, um, yeah, I do get some strange looks from people that are walking their dogs in the morning, but it's not that, you know, that early. Um, so, uh, yeah, so you're juggling, it's not even hats, but plates, ha- plates and hats. Yeah, no, look, I, I, I think you, I think you, you spin plates, I think. Yes. You wear hats. What do you juggle? Well, anything really. I mean, mean, mean nothing because I'm rubbish. I have don't have the hand-eye coordination to juggle. So um, I think you've got a, I think you've got a better chance than I have, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be fair, I don't think so. So <laughs> no, 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 no. So I suppose yeah, there there is an element of, of I, I have spent my life uh, playing. Sp- Sports of different kinds, so uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I, I, look, I only... a long week in politics again, isn't it? Oh, it has. So with, um, uh, yeah. So we won't be talking about pretty. We oh. won't be talking about vaccines, um, and we won't be talking about whether it'll be tears before Christmas. But that might be something that we come to um, in another episode. Trump's epic legal battle. Did you see the word from Pennsylvania today? 
Um, was it effectively, you're wasting our time, shut up? <laughs> that is the paraphrased version. I would have expected somebody, the plaintiff having brought something to court, that they would have at least come with some legal arguments and or some evidence. That's how it usually works. Get out of my court. Yeah, that's, that's normally normally what happens in a courtroom, I guess, if your mm. lawyers are starting to decide that actually they don't have a legal case um, and therefore are um, are deserting you like, you know, yep. like rats on the Mary Rose, then, um, you know, I guess it tells you where the odds are. So And, spy, and again, his leadership second to none. You know, 190,000 people were diagnosed as positive yesterday couple of thousand people lost their lives there's a virtual summit on the pandemic preparedness and the great leader of the free world is plucking a seven iron out of his bag and having a little cheeky round of golf rather than attending the zoom conference yeah um but he works so yeah. hard um all of those billable hours um to the american taxpayers from a bunch of people yeah, that don't like the idea of what they call socialism, which is um, stuff funded by taxpayers. But, you know, hey, uh, I'm starting to sound like I I'm drifting to the red side. Um, yeah, you're going off Bernie Sanders on me. But yes, yes, but today's Simon, it's the old nine and a half hours part two. Yes. The meeting was so voluminous and voluptuous, we couldn't get it into one episode. So we're coming back for a second bite at the cherry. Yes. And and as of two minutes ago, the links were still there, unlike last week. So I apologize um for the um your if 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 our listeners were frustrated to not hear them last week, I was frustrated because I'd spent a day and a half preparing them. So yeah, no, um was... I'm, I think I did well not to not to really swear um on air. No, you can you 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 kept it pretty level. I think that's uh, that's usually a way. You couldn't even but hear on me this crying. day on this day, so on this day was a bit of a quiet one, um, oh. or, or as in by quiet, I mean as in not so many things um, were that I was interested in, in in any way, but the things that did come up. Um, so 1963, JFK gets shot, JFK blown away. What else do I have to say? Uh, I didn't start the fire. It's always burning yeah. since the world's been turning. Indeed. God love, God love a bit of Billy Joel. Indeed, but you know you can tell me about it. Oh, it's nine o'clock on a Saturday. A regular crowd shuffles in. There we go. And and then we're skipping straight to, so from obviously world-changing seriousness, um, other little factoid, obviously, about the, uh, aside from films with Kevin Costner in, um, about Kennedy's assassination, the next day was the premiere episode um, of Doctor Who, that new science fiction series by the BBC in 1963. Never, never catch on, will it? It will never, it will never catch on. But they had to repeat the first episode the next week because their viewing figures were so low because everybody was uh, more interested in um, the events in Dallas. So there we go. Everybody, well, people got an opportunity to see an unearthly child twice. Was that your old uh, William Hartnell? It was indeed. Looked a bit like Terry Nutkins. Got straggly hair. Uh, um, I, I, I'm going to let that one go. Um, so our yep. other on this day, um, 1995, 
Toy Story, the first feature length, length, the first, I can even speak properly, the first, and I haven't been on the wine yet, honest, um, the first feature length film created completely using computer generated imagery. And what a good story it was. I went to see Toy Story, is it four? Are they before not up to seven by now? Before? Yeah, I think it was four just before the lockdown. Just went and yeah, went with Noah, sat. Just a, a very gentle, pleasant kind of, yeah, got to like the Toy Story films. Yeah. Um, I mean, who doesn't like a bit of a bit of the talents of Tom Hanks and Tim Allen? Is it Tim Allen who's, um, uh, what's his name? Buzz Lightyear. To Infinity and Beyond. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, he's brilliant. Yes. Yes. Um I, I'm I'm going to pull back from the from the real geek moment about him being in the Star Trek film that wasn't a Star Trek film. So, okay, so that was the, so the council meeting which ran to infinity <laughs> and, and beyond and beyond, and it certainly felt like it to um to most of the people attending it. So um we we tore through um some of the motions last week. Um, but one that we'd actually wanted to try and get in last week, but obviously ran out of time. We were too ambitious, um, and there was one that we'd we'd had to kind of um, nix from our from our plan. So the one that we had wanted to talk about um, anyway was um, was the motion about um, stop fining the homeless. Um, and then, so if we were going to do that today, we thought, okay, well, the the one that we'd not had time to really discuss or even think about before was the motion about planning. So shall I, t- shall yeah. I say a little bit about what, <laughs> what, what they well, are? Well, we well planning is one of those things, isn't it? No, I think this is, uh, I mean, it's always very contentious within, you know, uh, you see lots of these discussions about, you know, planning and who's really got the ability to say yes or no. Is it a local decision or is it a case of if the local planning people don't roll over and play tickle my tummy, it gets escalated anyway. We seem to have, you know, student blocks proliferating everywhere which is great if you're a student but you know again when i saw some of the rents on those that were effectively you know a bed a one room with a little cooker in the corner and you kind of think there were like six seven hundred pound a month you start scratching your head a little bit and saying well hmm, it all seems a bit you know oh look they're all standing empty so yes so there was my muse on planning what did the uh what did the proposal have to say for itself simon so the proposal on planning, um, which came from the Conservatives, so it was... I like it already. <laughs> Carefully, and I think your bias might be showing just a little bit. <laughs> just, just a little, just a little. Um, okay. So um, so the, pl- the, the planning motion was, he says, frantically uh, clicking away, was to... Because uh, there's a backlog in planning. Um, at the moment so there's 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 problems in planning um and um to be honest with you um i won't waste your time hearing hearing them say it but pretty much everyone that spoke um agreed that it wasn't the fault of the people working in the planning department that's not their it's not their fault um but the different parties um seem to have a different take on what the root cause of there being a backlog in planning was notwithstanding obviously the massive impacts of uh, covid-19 um, and the interruption to granting any new planning permissions that was um, the, the city being in a situation where because of its levels of nitrate pollution last year, it couldn't grant any new planning permissions. Um, oh, so, yeah, so there was a basically 
um, um, I think Donna Jones described it as a perfect storm that, that's created a, a, a bit of a backlog. Um, I mean, I'll let the I'll let the the councillors themselves tell the story. Um, but uh, the motion from Terry Norton and Scott Peter Harris um, effectively says that the council decisions that being able to make uh, planning decisions in a consistent and timely way is um, is a critical f um, feature um, to the city's ambitions um, and it needs to um, support the actions of bringing in um, teams of um, outside uh, contractors to basically help clear the backlog uh, which is something that the existing administration have been doing um, but to put in place um, a guaranteed standard for validation and applications um, and for the cabinet member uh, for planning um, to work with the planning department to ensure basically greater transparency um, and to report back uh, to councillors. So that kind of seems, um, you know, in a, in a kind of a simple to understand kind of way, it's effectively yep. saying there's an issue, there's a backlog, there's a problem. Planning is really important for all sorts of different reasons, to we, which to be fair, they'll get into. Um, so spoilers, I won't, I won't, um, I, I won't preempt that. Um, and and away we go. Um, but we have a different take on the cause and a slightly different take on who to blame. So, do you want to do you want to get straight into listening to what what people have yeah, to say? Yeah, let's have a listen to 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 what folk have to say because I'm not going to jump in and blame one side or the other. That wouldn't be like you at all. Um, so, um, before we do that. Um, because um, naturally a nine and a half hour meeting, even if we are spending two episodes on it, I'm having to cut down and trim people's comments and, and pick them out. Um, and I wanted it to be clear when I do that. Um, and it's still the same person speaking. Obviously, when it change, when the person changes, you can tell that. But if I've put two statements from the same person together, you'll hear this sound. That's that sound fair very reasonable to so say you've not edited it into some kind of no you know, evil speech no no, no in, indeed uh, indeed so um the planning so we're we're opened up with um with an excerpt from terry norton's speech um and there were two proposed amendments um uh, to the motion one from the labor group from Judith Smythe and Graham Heaney, and then um, another, a second amendment, which was proposed by uh, Hugh Mason. So shall I let us get into... Let's uh, roll. Let's roll with that, and I'll pause us at some point so we can discuss it and then carry on listening to the rest. That sounds like a plan. Because it's, it. it's all planning, right? Yeah. Here we go. Here's Terry. Uh, we in the Conservative group uh, consider the quality and the consistency of our planning service to be crucial to uh, the Council's ambitions. We therefore call upon the ad administration uh, to commit to improving a service which is unfortunately substandard in comparison to uh, other authorities. And who's so what we're doing, we've done, I mean, I think this uh, we motion is... Uh, kind of mean-spirited and tends towards criticising um, officers and uh, in a way that I find um, difficult. On the other hand, I am aware that the members of the public who are applying for planning applications at the moment are finding it frustrating. To add in that we note, the Council notes that the reduction in spending on planning services as a result of the austerity programme of the Coalition and Conservative governments has had an impact on the ability of the planning service to carry out its vital function. This has led to 
local decisions in Portsmouth to reduce the number of planning officers and the loss of experienced planning officers. Just to correct one thing that Councillor Norton said before I finish this introduction, uh, our, our planning department actually is very good value for money and we spend a lot less on the planning team here than other councils around us. Often one might give the impression that there is a long-standing structural problem in the planning department. Had that been so, I would have enjoyed blaming the previous administration and would certainly have done so. It is, however, a very recent problem caused by the curious concatenation of circumstances of recent months. Coming together, these have produced unavoidable delays to routine applications. Although our SIL rate is somewhat higher than comparator authorities, this is a minor element in the context of the overall impact of land and construction costs when compared to the final sales value. No causal link has been shown in the motion between these elements and the conclusion they reach, making this a case of an elementary fallacy of cum ergo propter hoc. So far as paragraph 3 is concerned, I am happy to accept the request that I keep the council updated and I will assure you that I will do so. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to pause it there mm. and give us a chance to kind of digest that. I mean, who can't like a bit of latin um inserted into the in, into the conversation um we'll so just just for clarity because i've not heard the stylings of hugh mason on the wheels of steel before mm -hmm. i take it from his um his stance there he is the lib dem person responsible for planning um yes cool and the lady in the middle she was the labor person who accused us of being mean-spirited? Yeah, so Councillor Judy Smythe from the um, from the Labour Labour side uh, was uh, speaking to the reason for her amendment, which inserts mm. a inserts a paragraph about um, basically saying that it's a, the backlog in the um, in the local council planning department is to do with the cuts um, levied on local councils by um, successive local or government <laughs> ah, administrations. Ah, makes sense now. <laughs> It was everybody else's fault but ours. We'd just like to make that clear. Um, so, um, so one other thing, just to point out, in case um, in case um, people did did actually pick it up. So they refer. Um, so Councillor Hugh Mason um, referred to SIL money, um, and that's community infrastructure levy. Now that's um, that's effectively a levy that's charged on developers that are um, that have a development over a certain size, um, and that yep. that. That tax, in effect, uh, goes towards um, local amenities, um, so it can be spent on um, all sorts of things, which can, he says, going back to his notes. So it, um, yeah, applies to a development uh, that was that's been permitted after April first, two thousand and twelve, um, and the money can be used to pay for a wide range of infrastructure that is needed as a result of the development, um, and this can include things like transport schemes, flood defences, green spaces. And a portion of the funds will also be allocated to be spent on infrastructure within that ward. So mm. um, that's what that's what that money is, um, and and that's what that um, that's what that does. Um, so how are we how are we feeling so far? Well, I I kind of unless I missed something, it, it seemed to me. The, the the proposal in as of itself you know to accuse it of being mean-spirited you know the, the proposal seems to be 
we have a problem and we need to do something different to get us out from where we are at the moment because ultimately it's not working. Yeah. And and I don't see what's unreasonable about that in terms of of that as an ask. So uh, apart from pointing out that it's all the fault of government's brackets, it wasn't us. I'm not sure I understand the point of the second, the first amendment other than to just make the old look somewhere else. It wasn't us. Um, well, um, interestingly, you, you should make that conclusion. Um, councillor um, Scott Peter Harris makes um, pulls no punches in his thoughts as to uh, as to where the Labour amendment is motivate what the Labour amendment is motivated by. Um, but um, various councillors come on to to speak to different points. So I've got um, I've got councillor Donna Jones uh, queued up next. But what's interesting is, so from from this point, it seems that everybody agrees that there's an issue. That seems yep. to be pretty much pretty much done by. Um, and I see Councillor Terry Norton you know, saying that from the comments. Every, everybody could see that there was an issue. What, where, where people seem to have diverged is in what caused the issue and also what the solution should be. Um, so, um, and, and that... And and like, go on. I guess my challenge there is that, you know... Uh, I don't. I'm not sure. I understand the point of what caused the issue. You know, there is an. I mean, yes, you've got to learn from from the past. Blah, blah, blah. But there is an element of of. I'm a great believer in. We are where we are. Oh God, I'm so fat. I wonder how I got here. Well, guess what? You ate too many pies. You didn't do enough exercise. That's just the way it is. You can't change any of that. You can't uneat the pie. So question is, what are you going to do next? So I, I'm not, yeah, it's, um, and I'll be honest, I, when, when Hugh went, Ed, uh, Arga, Proctor, Com, Sim, Nibubbly, Chuck, Mim, Nicully, Tuck. Come, um, Ergo, Proctor, My Latin's not great. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure what that, what that was. Um, in my very, very dusty Latin, I think it means that um, one thing happened and this thing was not because of it. So um, effectively, cause and it it isn't cause and effect, is is, oh. is what's saying. So it, it so it's kind of talking about if there's a correlation, is it causation? Um, oh. I, I guess is um, is kind of um, is kind of where we're um, where we're talking there. So um, I am gonna play play on and and let's see what Donna Donna has to say. Um, and I mean, she starts off obviously saying, look, this isn't about. Um, us criticising the officers. This is actually about us saying there's a problem and we need to actually help them do their job. So, uh, hang on. He says, computer was being difficult. I was worried then. By us working together, acknowledging there's a problem, no criticism. It's not about, it's not a blame game. It's about supporting staff. I'm genuinely worried that we might lose more. If you read the Labour Amendment, the planning department has shrunk Staff are under pressure because of 10 years of austerity, which is actually not true. And I can say that the planning department was relatively sheltered from budget cuts, both by the Liberal Democrats and by the Conservatives. And actually, there's 12 staff more in the planning department than there was uh, six, seven years ago. Now, the problem is that we're carrying a number of vacancies. So it's not about money. The budget is there to pay them. 
it's about recruitment and then as i said pension our still payment is also 25 percent more expensive than the neighboring city of southampton you know nitrates a very specific south coast issue a very unusual issue something this council has not come up against before really did for us challenge works last year then we were just getting through you know an agreement with nitrates we started getting going again um coming towards the autumn of 2019 and then we approached covid much better to take affirmative action so I, I congratulate the Lib Dems for doing that outsource validation it then gets those cases into the planning system and you know regeneration and the investment and the growth in our local economy enforcement is so important and at the moment developers are switched off from here that's what I'm telling that's what I'm being told one of my friends Robert is a, a planning officer, senior planning officer at Hackney Council and is experiencing exactly the same issues minus the uh nitrate problem there in London and so the problem I think with retaining staff and as uh, Councillor Jones mentioned that there are vacancies and that's a problem and the mounting casework and stress and pressures on our existing staff you know who we know to be excellent I think is the worry and the concern and so I perhaps I look to recognise the extremely diligent work that these officers are doing under extreme pressures during a global pandemic but there are people that are saying, hang on a minute, it's been six months, nine months, and I'm still not having my planning application validated. I really hope that we're able to uh, address the overarching problem of being able to recruit to those very specialist and technical roles as well. Councillor Smythe is wrong. I think she's been out of touch with what's happening in the council and what's happening on the ground at the moment. While the Labour amendment is purely political in my view, I think she's absolutely wrong on this one. No, no permission means a lack of work for those in the construction industry. So, um, so that was Councillor Donna Jones, uh, Councillor. Um, oh, I've lost my lost my name. Uh, Councillor New, uh, Councillor Robert New, and then um, Councillor Scott Painter Harris. Um, they're kind of bringing up the end. So, you know, that was that was just kind of the order order that people came in. But mm. I thought I'd take us in threes. So, what are you thinking so far? Well, and it, it's an interesting point that Donna makes about you know the 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 fact that the planning office actually has more body, you know the investment is there, but I guess what what it sounds like and we, we you know you, you see this um, increasingly across industries is that you may well have the vacancies, but you can't recruit the skilled staff for love nor money. You know, and that's where I think you know you you look at that 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 potential problem, and and it'll be interesting to see which way this goes because, you know, there, there, there's talk within the motion there of outsourcing, you know, which is always a you know it's a it, it's an option, but your outsourcer is looking a to do the same work that you would do yourself, but also to make a a small shilling for for taking it on. And um, but they've still got to find so, people, yeah, right? I'll, I'll be interested. What's that? Yeah, they've got to find the people, and, yeah. and you know, ultimately, if you, you know, uh, and this is where look, neither of us are planning experts, but you know, there is an element of how much, how easy it is to train people to do that, and how much you have to have been through all the qualifications and have your whatever the qualification is to be a town planner. Um, you know, is 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 a case in point. And then I guess the final point is, God bless Scott Pater Harris and his straight-talking nature to say, boo. 
I, I, I do We're wish not you being mean spirited. Um, no, I, I wish you would come off the fence and, and tell us what you really think. Thought. Um, I, um, I mean, interestingly, you should you should make. I mean, to be fair, that's a really kind of clearly obvious point, isn't it? And uh, Councillor Atkins actually makes that towards the end um, of the debate in that. Um, well, surely if the issue is actually recruiting people, it's not that we haven't got vacancies. We've got vacancies and we're struggling to recruit people. We need to do something to get people trained up or to get to them earlier in their career and get them invested in in this sort of pathway. We've got a university in the city. Why aren't we kind of, you know, we should be looking kind of in that direction. So again, um, these all seem like, um, if I'm really honest, seem like logical solutions to a practical problem. I know. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm agreeing with a bunch of conservatives. It will never catch on. I'm going to get in trouble. Right. So um, it's, it's it's for the best. <laughs> um, so next we've got um, we've got Councillor Graham Heaney. So he was the uh, seconder for the Labour amendment. Um, so let's hear what he's got to say. Well, contrary to what Councillor Cockrell Harris says, the amendment seeks to point out and put on the record problems in the planning service are not just a result of recent events, although we acknowledge that they're important, the COVID crisis and the need to deal with uh, nitrates. But these problems have their roots in political choices and decisions uh, taken some time ago, both nationally and locally. And this is not just an assertion, because there is evidence to back this up. If you go to the National Audit Office report, February 2019, talking about planning for new homes, they point out the financial pressures in one of their sections on local authorities. And they say that between 2010-11 and 2017-18, in real terms, there was a 37.9% fall in the net current expenditure on planning functions in local authorities. Quite a few local authorities were losing staff that were experienced. Another report that was commissioned by the uh, Town and Country Planning Association called the Rains Review. It said that the difficulty in recruiting planners has become a real issue, compounded, as it says, by uh, opportunities for early retirement from local authority uh, staff and the loss of experience, as well as the government has unfortunately sought to denigrate planning at every opportunity. All the comments we have about our planning is that it's a problem, it gets in the way, it's got to be moved out. You know. and this doesn't encourage people to want to come and work in planning. So I'm going to pause us there before we get on to the final set of clips, which is from Councillor Steve Pitt. So there's, there's some interesting... So... No, no there aren't. <laughs> there's nothing interesting in there at all. It's utter giblets. It is just... It is political grandstanding. Oh, so I'd like to point out there was a 37.9% fall in the price of apples during the same period. What's that got to do with Portsmouth? So if you want to look across the entire country and say, yeah, yeah, other other councils have cut the headcount of their planning department. Other councils might have let people go early. Other councils might have X, Y, and Z. That has nothing to do with Portsmouth. So for me, you know, standing up and saying, oh, look, the Conservative government is bad, bad Conservative government, bad, bad, bad. Well, that's great. And I expect you to do that. You're a Labour councillor. But tell me what, what's that got to do with the Portsmouth Planning Department? Um, it's funny that you should lead in with that. Um, but we'll hear very similar words from Councillor Steve Pitt in a, in a moment. Um, Christ, now I'm agreeing with a Lib Dem. <laughs> well, it's gone mad. 
I, I know oh, that it's funny. Sorted. So, so I, I did. What I genuinely found interesting was obviously there's the there's the contradiction between, uh, to be honest, what Councillor Judith Smythe and what Councillor Graham Heaney were saying. We're talking about um, national um, issues yeah. to do with councils um, and national decisions, and claiming that those represented what had happened in Portsmouth, despite there being um, responses from Councillor jones to say that's actually not what happened in portsmouth um and actually yeah. to, to say that the, the, the actual de- the, you know, the department grew so it, so it's kind of a strange of we're going to take uh, um a set of data that isn't the thing that we're talking about and impose it yep. on the issue that we're talking how, about to create a, how, a a message how dare you sully this debate with facts and numbers i know it's outrageous we're about rhetoric and so, emotion and finger pointing, and we've just had in a cat walk in front of you. <laughs> so, yep. um, so yep. th- that's I did um, what I picked up on there about Councillor Heaney's point about. So, to be fair, I mean, I'm, I must admit, I'm um, as much as uh, anybody who knows me knows that I am not a fan of um, the Prime Minister, um, and the language that I've heard recently around no. planning um, and around. Uh, newt counting delays etc i don't think is helpful or useful um because planning is either something that is in control of local people or it isn't and if it isn't let's stop pretending that it is but it should be because it should be the people that are affected by decisions that get to make decisions or at least choose the people that get to make decisions you see that it's a similar sort of thing to um, the whole aquin situation the cat is just photobombing our our broadcast today yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So, Enid has decided full on that she. Uh, yeah, so this is what she did during my interview a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Guess well, maybe that's what. Maybe that also helped you seal the deal. Yeah, she's back again. She's like a shark. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. So, some there's an element of of a point. Um. But if I'm really honest, I kind of struggle to. Yes, but you're talking about oranges and we're talking about apples. Um. And Steve mm. Pitt goes off on a very very similar line so let's hear what um let's hear what steve has got to say and this is this is the last uh, clip on this on this one whilst councillor smythe and uh, councillor heaney uh, make some relevant points they are about national issues and i think the important thing here today is that we concentrate very much on the local issue um and the local issue specifically here is that uh, the delays that we all acknowledge are occurring in our planning department and I, I don't think that their amendment actually helps with that this is incredibly important we are going to be in probably the worst recession it's going to make uh, the one in the late 2000s uh, pale into insignificance in terms of where we could be and how long the build back's going to be at the end of this pandemic and building back is what we've got to do we have to be able to get major construction projects that we all know what they are and where they are around this city we need to get them moving because we need those skilled people who live in our city who are carpenters and bricklayers and plasterers and electricians and gas fitters to be able to work and we are very very lucky that we've got some really highly skilled people in there now but they need our help and support to make sure that they can do their job we need to keep the, the, the great skilled officers that we have managed to recruit. The validation team, which should be six people, was down to one at one point. That's what's caused the holdup. So we've got a problem. We need to sort it out. We have to build this city out of recession and make sure we're employing people. So, I mean, Steve's kind of summary is 
Um, to be honest, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. To me, is that we've got a problem. Conservative, conservative councillor Steve P. He's been brilliant there. We'll have him. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, mate. He's not a conservative councillor. Is he not? He no. should be. He's on. He's on the he sense. Talks a lot of sense. He's he's on the orange side. So um, it's not a name for people to cross cross the floor. Come and join us, Steve. Come across. Yeah, but Come we've had more us. people join us from your party um, over the last ten years than the other way, if memory serves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah probably. So, um, so yeah, so um, as a as a as an as an issue, um, we know there's an issue. We know that yep. what you know. We know there are various kind of ways to ways to solve it. We thank and appreciate the work, and they. Um, they, um, you know, the councillors re- repeatedly. I, I don't think it's appropriate. I don't know if it's right for me to call out the name of the person that they kept uh, kept saying it was Ian Maguire, but anyway. Um, but saying, you know, they've got a great team, they've got good leadership, yep. they've got a plan. Um, it's clear actually what they're doing to address those things. They need the support of the council to be able to do that. Can we go in? And, can we support them, please? Thank you very much. Because being able to grant planning applications in the city is very, very important to the financial state of the city, to all of the people that work in the construction industry, um, and indeed to actually developing and building back our city better. Can we go? Can we go do that, please? Yes, yeah. thanks very much. So well, and and that's an interesting one, though, Simon, because you know there are ways and means with these things, aren't there? Um, which is that, you know, and, and look, you know, planning is a complex issue mm-hmm. and it it often draws emotion and it it's not an easy place to be, is it? Because, you know, when you're looking at a new housing development, you know, we need lots more housing. Do we all agree? Yes. Do we need it here? Well, no. Right. Okay why do we not want it here well i don't want any more houses here it's already quite busy well portsmouth god bless you is an island and everywhere's quite busy so it's got to go somewhere yeah i don't mind it going somewhere i just don't want it going here so i think there is always going to be a challenge with planning and i guess the and this is where you know again do you relax the amount of scrutiny that these things come under? Because if you lessen the scrutiny, you'll get through them quicker. You'll reduce the backlog, you know, all of those good things. But, you know, that seems sensible and pragmatic to me, but I'm sure there'll be a counterpoint to that that says, oh, that's just a way of waving through slum dwellings and letting people off their obligations. Um, Yes. So let's, you know, let's, there's also a, there's a Goldilocks point, isn't there, with regulation? Oh. And I guess this is where um, our two political viewpoints um, are very different. Because to me, um, all markets, although market-led solutions are relevant in most situations, the market without regulation behaves um, in, in, a, in actually quite an abusive way. Um, and actually doesn't care about environment, doesn't care about workers, and will basically continue to operate to drive costs down. Because to be quite honest, that's actually what CEOs are mandated to do by their shareholders. Um, yep. So you need regulation to um, to temper those um, those elements, but you still want the innovative and the freedom to 
you know the freedom of entrepreneurships and the freedom to create um to still be there so you want a not too much and not too not too little kind of level of regulation the gold the goldilocks level of regulation i yep. can i can feel myself re- reading a um writing a really poorly researched economics paper now so um i think some people are in favor of as little regulation as possible um yep and some people are in favor of basically regulate everything or control everything directly yourselves um and uh, some people kind of want something in the middle where you have an, as much regulation as you need in order to make sure that um the true cost of business is actually borne by those conducting business rather than actually passed on to the taxpayer to pay for expensive cleanup um or um passed on to um you know basically to the to the environment itself so i i think fundamentally if you're talking about deregulation it's worth having a sensible look at what can be done better but i do worry about removal of regulation as a knee-jerk reaction because a lot of these regulations have actually stopped some awful awful planning um situations kind of going ahead i mean if anything Look at Aquind as a, as, a, as an example. It's a nationally important infrastructure project, as described yep. by uh, um, by the um, Housing and Development Secretary. So it means that it's actually taken out of local um, council control. Um, so it means there's less accountability to the people it will affect. They haven't got any direct line of sight to the to the people actually making uh, making those decisions. Um, but is that you know is 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 that really kind of what we want is is a lack of regulation what we want and uh, to be honest in that situation what we might find is that the thing never happens not because of protest this end but because actually the french who are let's be honest much better at protesting than we are um will actually stop it leaving france so it won't become an issue yeah, that, here yeah. so <laughs> we yeah, don't we, we don't have that option with, like, with everything else well Oh, well, I guess I, I guess my point is that that with with you know with planning deregulation, it, you're you're absolutely spot on. But there's a case that says if you're living in extraordinary times, sometimes you have to take extraordinary action. And if you are looking for a, you know, for a stimulus, then a relaxation of of local planning laws. You know, will at least ensure that everybody who works in the construction industry is going to be fully employed. And again, there there are some you know there are some pieces of work there that need to be followed through in terms of, you know, we've got a wonderful technical college in the city. We should be, you know, accelerating apprenticeships in in the trades. Um, you know, we we've got for me an a, an excellent opportunity. And if ultimately it's bottlenecked by a small department. That for whatever reason we can't recruit into, we've got to look carefully at, at at how much we try and put everything through that small department, and how much we 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 take a cursory approach to and and wave through. Okay, so let's leave planning there at the drawing board, and mm. should we, we move on to talking about not finding homeless people? What happened in the end of the boat? Oh, got tell us the result. Oh, of course. Yes. Um, my apologies. Um, yes. So there were two amendments, if you remember, one from uh, the yep. Labour Party, which inserted a thing about uh, the coalition and conservative governments, and one from yes. uh, from from the Lib Dems. Um, the uh, Terry Norton rejected the one from uh, from the Labour Party, but agreed to subsume the one from the Lib Dems. 
Um, yep. You felt that was a, a, a positive contribution to the motion overall. Um, uh, so then it went to vote uh, for the councillors as to whether to uh, whether to include the amendment from the Labour Party. Um, and eight councillors voted uh, for the Labour amendment, uh, 15 voted uh, against it, which was the Conservative councillors, and 15 uh, voted to abstain, which was the Lib Dem councillors. Uh, so that amendment fell. Um, and therefore the substantive uh, as amended, which was the original motion plus the Lib Dem amendment, uh, was then passed by Sen. Oh. So uh, after all so that, they, they agreed yeah. They agreed to a level of change which wasn't the level of change. Yeah, yeah, interesting. We've, done, we've donated 30 minutes of our life to that one. It's a funny old world that we're in. So next one, old friend of the pod, Cal Corkery. Yes, so... Uh, Councillor Cal Corkery and uh, Judith Smythe um, putting forward a motion to ask the council to stop finding homeless people um, and to recognise the significant efforts made uh, to accommodate local homeless people and ask the cabinet to uh, continue to explore housing options um, and to invite the cabinet to change its policy of using fines uh, to homeless people and ask the cabinet again to uh, take action to ensure the council stops issuing fixed penalty notices to rough sleepers. So basically, don't find homeless people is 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 effectively kind of what this says. Um, and there were some amendments um, put forward uh, from the Lib Dems, um, which made uh, which made a material difference to uh, one of the lines, but otherwise was actually quite some uh, quite some changes to just some of the. Um, data points that were were, were um, that were pointed out to it, but I won't list them out. But I've got some clips, so shall we? Shall we hear what our good Get friends, it. our good friends said? Okay, so here's Cal first. Um, a snippet of him introducing his motion. In one of the richest countries in the world, it must be a mark of shame that we cannot find suitable and safe housing for everyone who needs it. That being said, it must be noted. The recent development and progress locally and, to be fair, nationally in this area over the course of this year. Since the government issued the Everyone In Directive in March 2020, the council has housed a total, uh, well, well over 400 homeless individuals in hotels. Can they, or should they, be coerced into accepting help and moving into accommodation if they perhaps feel that it isn't right for them? Or should we instead be unflinchingly supportive and focus on building the kind of relationships that allow people yeah. to trust and believe in authorities and services that often have let them down in the past? This brings me on to the primary purpose of this motion, uh, to talk about the practice of this local authority of issuing fines to homeless people. If I'd really that ah. this motion is here today. Oops, hang on. I beg your pardon. Sorry, Cal. Hang on. Let's be unflinchingly supportive and focus on building the kind of relationships that allow people yeah. to trust and believe in authorities and services that often have let them down in the past. This brings me on to the primary purpose of this motion, uh, to talk about the practice of this local authority of issuing fines to homeless people. A recent investigation by the Mirror found that across the country, 420 penalty notices have been issued by councils to homeless people for begging or loitering in the street. A number of £100 fines have been issued by the council here in Portsmouth to rough sleepers, none of which have been paid. 
and then next is uh, Councillor Darren Sanders, so the uh, the cabinet member from the Lib Dem administration yep. for housing and preventing homelessness. One of the silver linings of the COVID era um, is that what people have talked for for a long while, which is the chance to provide every person who sleeps rough with the opportunity to have safe, secure accommodation is now closer to a reality than ever before. And this city is leading the way in trying to secure that once in a lifetime chance. Uh, our party, my party is very clear nationally that what we need to do is to end the Cruel and Heartless Vagrancy Act. Locally, when we resumed control, we were also very clear we did not want to follow the example of Labour councils like Oxford, for instance, which find people for being homeless. So we said that there must be no policy of finding people because they are homeless. That policy was confirmed to me yesterday by the Assistant Director for Neighbourhoods, and it was reviewed by the City Solicitor before he allowed this amendment to be presented. So it's in the light of all that information that this has gone forward. Instead, what we do if we enforce, uh, is to focus around the offence, not the person. And that is that is a real difference. We do not have a policy of finding people for being homeless. In, in what we do instead is we have a, a, a tiered approach. So the first time anybody does something wrong, um, uh, commits an offence, uh, they get a written warning and they get support. Only if behaviour doesn't change does it move to what's called a community protection notice, which again is based around the offence, not around the, the, the type of person that exists. Um, so next we've got Councillor New. I'm kind of mystified really that this motion is here today because I think um, uh, we're all broadly in agreement that it's not an issue here in Portsmouth. I mean, as we've heard, six fine in 12 months, it just actually feels like we're wasting our time today. I don't know if you were there for that, Ian. Yes, no, I got all of the audio. I was having to deal with a a dog that needed to go into the garden. So, uh, so yeah, no, I was connected through all the audio there, even okay. though you you missed me off camera. No, that's all right. Um, um shall I shall I do one more clip quickly because I've got yeah. a, a long one to end with. But then I thought if we do the discussion after the after this clip, uh, so this is uh, Councillor Judy Smythe. Frankly, I'm, I'm bemused as why this debate has gone off on this tangent. There's nothing in our motion that says we don't think in the main that uh, the council has done an absolutely brilliant job with homeless people and rough sleepers. Indeed, Cal and I have been part of the partnership. I'm proud to be part of that. This is a very simple motion that looks at the city council's specific policy about finding homeless people and rough sleepers. So... Hmm... So, um, I mean, the the last clip that I have on this issue, I don't know whether it, it might be actually quite handy to play this now as well. It's actually quite a lengthy response from uh, from Councillor Steve Pitt. So apologies for ending both on on Steve's Steve's responses, but actually this one is is actually quite Spin forthright it. and uh, really gets to the crux of the matter. So, Councillor Steve Pitt. Now let's look at the facts. Of the six people who've been fined, two of which we understand because it was covered publicly in the news, were relatively recent, and we're yet to see how that plays out. But of the other four, one uh, was uh, incarcerated, and therefore there is potential evidence to say that maybe that was necessary. But the other three have had positive outcomes 
as a result of those fines being issued, which were not pursued. Two of those people have changed their behaviours in a positive way and engaged with services, and one of them is actually having addiction therapy to get himself or herself off drugs. So sometimes, in the most extreme situations, you do need to do something to get a, a wake-up call to somebody who has been resistant to engaging. Now, the evidence says... If those six fines hadn't been issued, two of those people would probably still be engaging in antisocial behaviour and not doing anything to help themselves, and another one of those people would not now be getting addiction support. So what on earth are we having this debate for? I'll tell you why we're having this debate, Lord Mayor. We're having it so that the Labour Party can go out after this meeting and say that the Conservatives and the Lib Dems support finding homeless people in Portsmouth. And Lord Mayor, that is criminal behaviour on behalf of the Labour group for those of us who work tirelessly to support our homeless community. It is disingenuous and it is dishonest. And I'll tell you where the evidence comes from and the misunderstanding. Councillor Judith Smythe keeps referring to spot fines. We do not have a policy of issuing spot fines in Portsmouth. There is a process where the police work with the community wardens and other agencies to do everything within their power to stop issuing a fine to the extent that the police have now come to the table to offer to work with Portsmouth, seeing the fantastic job that we're doing here, so that they issue less fines themselves, also to try and produce positive outcomes for people who are rough sleeping. So, Lord Mayor, I'm really cross that this is on here, and I take personal offence to the fact that it is even on this agenda. Item one of the actions the council's supposed to take is to acknowledge the work that we're already doing. Item two suggests that council officers should continue to do something that they are already doing, which is addressing the issues for those rough sleepers who do need self-contained accommodation because they have serious mental health issues and need that support. And quite right, we should do so. So now we come to the two difficult points. Item three invites the cabinet to change the policy of issuing fines to homeless people. This council does not have a policy of issuing fines to homeless people. That is incorrect and it is impossible for me and I suspect most of the members of Portsmouth City Council to vote for a motion that includes those words. Number four, request Cabinet take action to ensure the Council stops issuing fixed penalty notices to rough sleepers. Really? You want to take a motion, a motion to, through this Council that says that under no circumstances ever will we issue a fixed penalty notice to somebody? That's just not acceptable because those three positive outcomes that we've had wouldn't have happened if we hadn't used them. It's not about recovering a hundred quid. We've never tried to recover any of the money. If your concerns, Councillor Corkery, are over those people's ability to pay, we're not chasing them for the money. It's merely a way of escalating to try a yet another attempt to get those people to engage. And guess what? In 50% of the six cases out of the 900 homeless people we've helped, it works. He's got to come and join us. <laughs> I don't think that he'll be. Um, he'll. No, I need to. I need to have a word with him. He's. He, he's. He's too good for your lot. <laughs> oh really? Sorry and all that. Uh, really? Um... No, I, I. And to be honest, look, you know, uh, the. And I guess this is one, you know, we can look at the specifics of this, but one of the overarching themes for me of this nine and a half hour debacle is 
I would like to propose that we should be drinking a hot beverage with our breakfast. Well, we all do. Yes, but we don't drink the right hot beverage because of Tory austerity. What? And we call upon the cabinet to make a better hot beverage than the hot beverage they're having at the moment, even though we've got nothing to substantiate what beverage they're consuming. It's just wasted everybody's time. And if I look at this as a specific, you want the council to say that no matter what somebody does, no matter how they behave, you want you want a you want a green you want a free pass that says if you're homeless or you're rough sleeping, you can commit those acts of antisocial behaviour free in the knowledge that you're untouchable. I think it was um I think it was um Councillor Vernon Jackson that um that remarked about the inequity of a policy that meant if two people or it might have been Councillor Sanders, I I, I apologise, if two people were stopped for doing the same thing, but only one of them received a fine or a fixed penalty notice because the other one um the other one um sadly was, was homeless, is is that equitable? Is is that fair? Um, well, and, and this uh, and this is where it comes to, you know, when we look at the discussion on homelessness and it's one that for me has been a political football. And, you know, I, I, my I, I was actually having this discussion this afternoon in advance with the finding homeless people doesn't help. Absolutely true. They're not going to pay the fine. It's not about the money. But there's an element of over the last probably decade various people from all political parties, including the likes of Cal, have worked really hard to do the absolute best we can for that community. But there is a proportion of that community that is beyond help. You saw it with the, you know, the reports of, of violence and vandalism and antisocial behaviour coming out of the Ibis Hotel in Fratton, where the council gave everybody a roof over their head, a bathroom to, you know, a place to be safe. But some people couldn't work within that framework. And my question is always, when somebody refuses to accept the help that is on offer, for whatever reason, but moves then into areas of antisocial behaviour and criminality, at that point, the balance is tipped, isn't it? And you have to take corrective or punitive action. You can't just you can't just excuse that and its effect on the people around them by saying, "Oh, well, yeah, you know, they're they're homeless and they've got substance problems." I mean, obviously, the I mean, the 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 reasons why people are homeless are many and varied, and the help that they need. Yep to help them reclaim their lives is also needs to be needs to be tailored to their individual circumstances and needs and some of them may not yet be at the point where they're where they're ready to accept that sort of help or um you know or be able to uh live in a particular environment for for a variety number of reasons I, i um i think it's sensible to understand that these are people with a massive variety of very complex needs um and it's it's sad to try and uh to be honest to make easy kind of point scoring grand grandstanding out of 
out of actually the efforts that are generally made to try and help them. Some of those efforts aren't going to work because they aren't going to work for they aren't going to work for everybody. And there are going to be some people for whatever reason that aren't able to accept or will refuse um, that sort of help. But if you if you set out with the mindset of every homeless person must um, be housed, that's a different statement than saying every homeless person must be offered housing Correct. or a safe time. Absolutely. Cause, cause and, and the first one means that, you have to force the ones that don't want to come. Well, but it's, but it's, but it's for me, it's that element of when somebody chooses to live outside the bounds of societal norms. So if I am a career criminal and I make my, I have spent my entire life earning my living through criminality, you would want me to stop. You wouldn't be asking the reason, or you might be asking the reasons why in an attempt to try and help me. But what you would have to say in terms of that thing is that, but Ian, it's not acceptable to be a criminal. You can't do that. And this is where, for me, it, if all the support is there, but the people, for whatever reason, end up in situations of criminality or antisocial behavior you can't just wave it away because they're rough sleepers which for me is what the what the motion was asking um and and that's the kind you of know. That, that's the that's the tricky thing i mean if i'm if i'm really honest for me i'm uncomfortable with the comparison between criminality and and homelessness because no but but not, sorry not don't, all don't, but don't the issue wrong, isn't Hugh. isn't them being you, uh, no. have i misheard you is what you're saying that the the thing is is that the homelessness in and of itself isn't it? it's the act that is committed Co correct and that's that was for me the point mm. that that darren made and that steve reinforced is that portsmouth council doesn't find people for being homeless it does everything it can to support people who are homeless but portsmouth council has a duty to deal with antisocial behavior and criminal behavior irrespective of whether that person is homeless or homed. Indeed. Let me just quickly switch to Councillor Terry. I know we're cl close for time, but um, Councillor Terry Norton's comment in, in on the Facebook is uh, yep. Councillor Pitt hit the nail right on the head. Labour attempting to own an issue that doesn't exist. They had a terrible meeting in all fairness. This in particular was disappointing as there has been sorry as there has historically been great cross-party work on homelessness mm -hmm. and, yep. and that, that for me is kind of the really hurtful thing is that in the chamber or in the virtual chamber there's this point scoring and politicking but actually when you listen to the different councillors from the different parties they're all working really really hard to yep. find solutions to really complex complex issues whether that's homelessness or even you know all of the, all of the other things I just find it a I just find it a strange and actually unproductive pantomime that takes place every month that is the full council meeting. Yep, and I think that is a great place to end, Simon, because if we look at so much of what has gone on that we've covered in two shows now, so much of it was pantomime and theatre, and I know, you know, some people will be desperately sad that they're not going to get there their chance to go to the pantomime this year but it doesn't mean that we should recreate that 12 times a year in the it, council chamber it, indeed it's a, it's a strange use of taxpayers money um quickly before we roll to the credits um so the amendment 
um, that was put forward by the Lib Dems. Um, there were 31 for and eight against. So uh, Labour and the People Progressives group voted uh, against the abstention and there was one, uh, sorry, against the amendment and there was one abstention. So the amendment was subsumed. Um, so in that case, um, the substantive motion, so the original motion plus the Lib Dem yep. amendment, um, for um, 32 uh, councillors voted for, um, one uh, which was Councillor Udi voted against it, um, and uh, Labour and uh, Jeanette Smith uh, voted, um, sorry, abstained. So Labour in the end abstained from their own motion because of the amendment that was attached to it. Oh. He's behind you. <laughs> which is actually what Scott, Peter Sar- which is what Scott Peter Harris has just said in the comments. So, <laughs> Absolutely. It's a sensible man. You've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow till we die. I've been Ian Tiny Morris. And I've been Simon Sandsbury. And just before you go, just to let you know, next week we'll be speaking to Councillor, A- sorry, no, uh, Reverend Amy Webb uh, regarding the Cosham Community Larder. So we'll be listening to her. And then the following week we'll be inviting back Let's Stop Aquind to talk to us um, in the weekend before the uh, open meetings um, in, regarding the Aquind project. So join us next week, 627. <laughs>